here's the big question. You're interested in value investing and valuing and evaluating businesses on a deep level, but you don't know how even after researching for hours, probably dozens of hours, hundreds of hours on the internet and because nobody else shows you how to do it. This podcast has all those answers and much more about value investing and finance. My name is Jason Rivera. Welcome to Value Investing in Your Car. Hey, Jason here. In this episode of Value Investing in Your Car, I'm going to answer or tell you why I don't do something that most, probably 90 plus percent of other value investors do. Something I get questions about pretty consistently, even from my students, um, pretty much anybody I talk to about investing that knows about this kind of valuation and valuation technique. And uh, today I'm going to explain why I don't use it. Uh, The valuation technique is DCF valuations. For those that don't know what that means, it uh, it's DCF stands for discounted cash flow. Essentially, what you do in a discounted cash flow evaluation is you put something, a bunch of numbers into a model, um, uh, say on an Excel spreadsheet or a, what is it, Google Google Sheets or whatever it's called. Um, you put a bunch of numbers in to and criteria in, and then you calculate the number and it spits out a number for a per share value intrinsic price or intrinsic value of the share. I don't use these valuations. I use and teach 12 plus different valuation techniques from intrinsic valuations to relative valuations. Um, But I don't use DCF valuations. Never have, probably never will. Why? especially if 90 plus percent of other investors use these kind of valuations why don't I use them Uh, several reasons first is when I was uh, years ago this is probably six seven eight years ago now uh, I was taking Aswath Demoteron's of NYU Stern his uh, valuation course he's uh, considered a master of valuation master at valuation um, he advises people like Goldman Sachs and their analysts on valuation. Uh, he talks about valuation on his blog all the time. Uh, and I was taking his free course when I was still learning uh, value investing and valuation. And I remember hearing his uh, course. And this, again, was six, seven, eight years ago. And I still remember it to this day. Years later that this line, I don't remember the exact example, but I remember most of the line is what he said. And I immediately thought, I'm never gonna do this valuation. In DCF valuations, you typically have several numbers up to a couple dozen numbers, whatever, that you wanna put into the calculation. Um, And he said, even in his own valuation course, and again, he's considered a master at valuation. He advises people at Goldman Sachs how to value businesses. Um, He said that if you're off by even as little as 10% on one of the estimates you put into the calculation, your entire valuation could be off by a large amount. And I was just thinking to myself, from a logic perspective, that makes zero sense. Because if there are possibly a few to up to a couple dozen criteria that you input into this DCF calculation and you're off by 10% on one, 
if you're off by 10%, and it could be off by a lot. If you're off by 10% on, let's say, five metrics, it could throw the, I mean, completely put the valuation in a different stratosphere. Um, so that's kind of, as soon as I heard that, I was like, I'm never going to use this valuation ever. That just, from a logic perspective, does not make sense to me. Uh, DC, another reason I don't use DCF valuations is it includes beta. Or it, uh, I require some use of beta in the DCF calculation. If you've watched, I don't remember what the ep- number of the episode, but it was during the useless investing metric series. I find beta to be completely 100% useless. I don't ever use it. I don't look at it. I don't rely on it. I don't care about it. Um, I don't know the beta of any company that I own. It's not important whatsoever to me. Um, So including a number that I don't use and I find completely useless in a valuation model doesn't make sense to me. If you haven't watched that video, I will link it below uh, on my thoughts on why I don't use beta. Um, So that's number two. Number three is I like to keep things simple. I can value and I can value probably 90 plus percent of businesses in the world using 12 different valuation techniques and probably depending on how many numbers there are, how big the numbers are, that kind of thing, if I have to convert them from whatever foreign currency it is to US dollars, um, depending on that kind of thing, I can value a business 12 different plus ways in 15, 30 minutes, 45 minutes tops. Evaluation, uh, DCF valuation, sometimes I've heard people say it could take up to two hours just to do one DCF valuation to set up all the calculations, all the numbers properly in the spreadsheet and calculate it out. Could take two hours plus. Again, that doesn't make sense to me. Uh, getting back to the simplicity part, everything I do requires no higher than sixth grade math. People, when I tell them that, frankly, they don't believe me, even some of my students. You don't do DCF valuations, you don't forecast, you don't do, um, you don't use spreadsheets. No, everything I do requires nothing higher than sixth grade math, that's it. Um, uh, There are several reasons for that. A, I'm not very good at math, um, or at least high level math. Uh, B is, again, I like to keep things as simple as possible so I know specifically what everything means, why it's there, why it's important, those kind of things. Um, in a DCF valuation, that's not always true. Uh, they can get super complex depending on how many numbers, how many calculations you put in there, those kind of things. And again, it includes things like beta, which I don't care about whatsoever. Um, number four is I don't forecast at all. Not even a little bit. Um, Again, DCF valuations require forecasting out into the future. Um, you're essentially discounting the company's future cash flows to get back to a current day share price. I don't forecast at all. Um, that's another reason I don't use DCF valuations or find them useful is be, uh, for that reason. But why don't I forecast? Don't most value investors and investors forecast? Yes, they do. I don't forecast because A, I suck at it. I would like to stick well within my circle of competence and I know I suck at forecasting and estimating things so frankly I don't do it. Um, I'm awful at it so I, again I don't do it. Uh, B, even people who are good at forecasting 
oftentimes suck at it and their estimates are off by 10 to 50 percent on a regular basis um, you look at uh, investment analysts releasing quarterly earnings expectations and they're usually off by 10 to 50 percent um, that's why when you hear a company beat analyst expectations on their quarterly numbers it's because their numbers were off um, again sometimes in huge amounts so those are the main reasons I don't do DCF valuations um, do I abhor them do I think they're completely useless no I actually know certain colleagues of mine who use DCF valuations and they work for them. That's fine. I do what works for me. Um, sorry, I moved my car a little bit here. I do what works for me um, and my process works for me. It's simple. Um, I can do it really quick. I do so-called back of the envelope valuations uh, and to get to that point. So if I don't do DCF valuations, what kind of valuations do I do? I teach and use on a consistent basis 12 plus different valuation techniques. Going from relative valuations like EV to EBIT, EV to free cash flow, EV to um, owner's earnings, and then the TEV equivalent of all those. Those are relative valuations. Relative valuations essentially are based off a multiple. Um, if a company is selling below eight for my personal criteria on those kind of metrics, it's a good sign the company may be undervalued. Um, if it's selling above eight, it's a decent sign the company may be fairly valued or overvalued. So the company is, if it's, let's say, it's selling at a TEV to free cash flow of six after in my calculations, that's a good sign that the company may be undervalued. If it's selling at a multiple of 15, that's a good sign the company, uh, by my estimates, would be overvalued. Those are relative. Uh, uh, those kind of things are relative valuations. I, I never use PE. Um, if you, I search on the blog. If you want to learn out why I never use PE, I don't consider that a good valuation. I think that's completely useless. Um, search uh, why the PE is useless on the blog, and you'll find my many articles on that. For intrinsic valuations, what kind of? So, what if I don't use DCF valuations? What kind of intrinsic valuations do I use? Um, I use asset reproduction valuations. It, in my opinion, anything that you can get down to an actual share price, going from top to bottom up here, the, the top numbers and calculating everything out, um, you get to a share price. You don't get to a multiple, you get to a specific share price of what the company either is valued or should be valued for it not to be undervalued. That's my definition of an intrinsic valuation. I do several of those, again, asset reproduction valuation. Um, what else? Um, EBIT times eight uh, plus cash minus debt valuation. Um, those kind of things. Those kind of valuations are what I use. Um, NCAP valuation is a intrinsic valuation um, if you go down to the share price level. Um, these kind of things. And again, I calculate, I either handwrite everything out when I do valuations or I type everything out manually, even with the asset reproduction valuation, I, I manually put the information in the spreadsheet. And this is the only time I use a spreadsheet in any of my analysis. I, um, I put the information in a spreadsheet and I even hand calculate everything out there. I don't use the calculate or sum model at all for that. Uh, again, simplicity, all, and again, it fits my process, but I can handwrite or calculate everything out manually, typing or handwriting it out for, not only, and this is something I learned when I worked at the investment newsletter, 
if you handwrite something out or manually type it out and take your time to type it out, you remember things better. Um, so it helps not only me reinforce as I'm going through the evaluation what is going through with the numbers, what this number means, why it's there, these kind of things, but it helps me remember the number um, better as well. Uh, why does write handwriting or typing something out help you remember it better? because you have to slow down and actually think about what you're doing instead of just reading something where you can scan and scan and scan and scan. Um, if you actually manually, especially if you handwrite something out, you have to actually slow down and think about what you're writing. So it helps you remember um, stuff more. So those are kind of the reasons I don't do DCF valuations. I'd love to hear your thoughts because I'm sure many of you do DCF valuations. Again, I don't use them. I don't teach them to my students. I've never used them. I probably never will use them. Um, and again, I just do what works for me and makes sense from a logic perspective and what fits my capabilities and my strengths. Um, DCF valuations aren't one of those, but I'm sure some of you out there are thinking, uh, I may be an idiot for using not using DCF valuations, that you love DCF valuations, you use them all the time and use them exclusively. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts in the comments below. What, what did I miss? What did I uh, mistake? Uh, what did I make a mistake on? Uh, those kind of things. If you want to watch the um, the PE, why the PE is useless, and the uh, beta, why beta is useless videos uh, and posts, I'll link those below in this video or below this video. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like, share, comment, and um, subscribe to our channel. Um, also, if you subscribe, hit the bell so you're notified anytime we release a new video and we're making new videos almost every single day. We're up to about 350 videos as of this recording. I think just slightly under that um, as of this recording. Uh, so we have a ton of videos available uh, and we're releasing and making more new videos every day to help you become a better value investor faster. Uh, if you want to watch our other series, uh, we have free training series, we have case study series, we have my thoughts series, which goes over things like my thoughts on retirement plans, why I don't invest in gold and crypto, uh, gold and silver, and why I don't invest in crypto, those kind of things. Make sure to watch those videos left, right, below, wherever you're watching. Um, and again, thanks for watching. I'd love to hear your comments and thoughts. And uh, until next time, I'll see you in the next video. Thanks for watching. Bye.